Thank you. God bless you. Please be seated. Make yourselves comfortable. Um, I don't know when the last time I was here at uh, Silverwater on a Sunday morning was. Here we go. Look, the men just flock. What can I say? It's, uh, <laughs> I um, Thank you, worship team. You can make yourselves comfortable. Great work. Yes, come on. Give it up for the worship team. Um, so it's great to be here. I feel the love. I'm going to make Ash my PR manager. Thank you very much for the introduction. And um, how many of you have never heard me before? Like, I'm okay, lovely to meet you. See, just when I think I've saturated the nation and everyone's sick of me, there's always new people. Um, so I'm based at Oxford Falls, for those of you who don't know me. I have Italian blood in these veins, so don't be fooled by the Simpson name. I inherited that from my Aussie husband. Um, I, what else can I tell you about? I've been doing this for nearly 40, nearly 30 years. Actually, this Christmas would be 40 year anniversary since I got born again. I met Jesus Christmas Day, 1980. My family thought it was a phase, that it was a fad, that it would never last. Longest fad I've ever been a part of. So, uh, look, in the, in the time that we have, I want to maximise this moment. I'm actually a bit bummed, to be honest, that I'm missing Pastor Alan Jess and that he's preaching at Oxford Falls. I actually think he is a cracker preacher. I love listening to Pastor Al. Um, and so, to those of you who've never heard me before, this is what I say. Your pastors love me, so should you. That's just... That's just uh, actually, I've actually adopted them. I'm auntie. I, I've become Zia Vicky to Pastor Alan Jess. So we're family, familia. I want you right now to uh, close your eyes. I want you to just consciously connect with the Holy Spirit because he is our teacher. It's his voice we want to hear today. It's not about the voice of a woman. I thank you right now, Lord. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer. I love, Lord, that you are the voice within my voice. Lord, I don't know everyone here this morning by name, but you do. I don't know what everyone's been going through, but you do. And I love how you can take what I say and speak it to each person right where they're at. So Holy Spirit, I pray, have your way and have your say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to have my friends, Brett and, and Scotty here, to my, 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 my fellow road warriors. Uh, yeah, we're not going very far at the moment, are we? <laughs> now, if you're not aware, our, our theme for SYD this, this month is the Upside Down Kingdom. And today... The, the focus is God's power in our weakness. God's power in our weakness, which is a paradox, right? That messes with your head, that in our weakness, we're actually strong. But my goal today is that you would, is to release faith so you would experience this in your life. So it would be activated. So it wouldn't just be a spiritual truth or words on a page but, but it would be your reality, that, that it would transfer from the spirit into 
your life, where the rubber hits the road of your life, no matter who you are, where you come from, what your everyday reality is, that we would experience God's power in our weakness. So let me, let me start by making you aware of what you already have. Because if you've given your life to Jesus, you have already experienced this. Now, these are my bodyguards, so you know. This is security, in case people get a bit overexcited. Say, Bishop T.D. Jakes isn't the only one who's got, got, got security. He's mine. So let me make you aware of what you have already experienced. Because if you are born again, yep, if you're giving your life to Jesus, give me a wave if that applies to you, you have already experienced this. You've already experienced what it is to, 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 to experience his power in your weakness. Because when you got a revelation of your need for God, I don't know how that happened for you. For me, as I shared, it was Christmas Day church service. I, I, was, uh, I was 19 years old, so you can do the sums now, how old I am. <laughs> I was 19 years old. I was on a mission. I was, I was on a quest to find purpose. To find, I would have said at the time, a cause. I was just looking for a cause, something that I could attach myself to, some meaning to life. And I tried a whole lot of Eastern religion stuff. I tried stuff that in hindsight was downright occultic. So thank you, Jesus. He kind of protected me in the midst of that. I tried to astral travel. Didn't get very far, but I had to go. Um, But... I went to church and I was brought up a Catholic and this particular Christmas day, I wanted to go to church, but I didn't want to go to mass with all due respect to, um, to Catholics and the Catholic church. And I know there are people who on fire know the Lord Jesus in the, in, in the Catholic tradition. But for me, it wasn't speaking my language or meeting my needs at that time. And literally all I did is I looked at the newspaper and found an advertisement. Uh, for a church that kind of was nearby. Now, it turned out it was a Pentecostal church, a spirit-filled church, an Assemblies of God church. And I walked into that church. It was a tiny church, to be honest. Like It, it was like, it was like a, probably an eighth of the size of this building, probably even less. But when I walked in, it wasn't just what I heard that day. And I was expecting to hear about baby Jesus, Joseph, Mary. <laughs> yeah, it was Christmas Day, right? wise men, um, nativity scenes, but the the, the pastor actually preached from John 10.10 that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so number one, the message spoke to me because the penny dropped that morning, life, abundant life. I thought, that's what I'm looking for. I never would have articulated it like that. But it just resonated with me, abundant life. And now, I have to be honest, I had never ever connected Jesus with abundant life. And I'd grown up seeing Jesus on the cross every day of my school education. And I had never ever made the connection between what I was looking for and the guy on the cross. But that morning, I heard a message and it, was, and it, it resonated. It spoke to my heart. But the other thing was this, it wasn't just what I heard, it was what I felt. And for the first time, I would say, I felt the tangible presence of God. And 
the pastor that day didn't have what we know as a salvation altar call. Like he didn't give people an opportunity to receive Jesus during the service. But as I walked out the door of the church, he wished me a Merry Christmas and I burst into tears. I didn't even know why. I just started to cry. <laughs> and he asked me the question, have you given your, li- given your life to Jesus or have you received Christ? To be honest, I didn't understand the question. And I thought, well, I've been christened. First Holy Communion and confirmed. Three times that I know of. So I said, well, I think so. I think so. But if you think so and you don't know so, probably haven't so. And so he led me in a prayer right there on the doorsteps of the church. And I didn't even understand what I was praying. I hadn't done an Alpha course. I didn't really understand the theology. I just thought born Italian, born Catholic. I don't know. I thought it was like a part of your nationality. I I didn't understand that there there actually was a decision to be made, that there actually was an exchange to be made consciously, intentionally. But So as he led me in this prayer, all I knew in my heart was this, was that God... God, I have this awareness that I need you. And if what I'm sensing here today and if what I've heard is true, I'm in. It was literally as simple as that. Unbeknownst to me, I was activating my faith and I was admitting my weakness. And at that moment, something supernatural took place. A lot of people think that becoming born again, becoming a Christian, making a decision, receiving Jesus is like some mental ascent, and then we then choose to follow Jesus as opposed to some other spiritual option. But what took place, some of you aren't even aware of what happened at that moment, is when you opened up your heart to Jesus, you admitted your need for God. At that moment, a spiritual transaction took place. At that moment, you were relocated. You moved from death to life, from darkness to light. Holy Spirit came into your spirit. Bam! And from that moment, from that moment, you experience the power of God on an admission of your weakness. Whoa. You experience the truth of God's power being manifest in the midst of your weakness right from the outset. You've already experienced this. If you're a Christian, you've responded. Because I admitted my weakness. I can't do life alone, God. You know, I, I can't do, I, I'm, I, I can't get myself to heaven. I can't achieve or work for eternal life. I'm weak. And on that admission of weakness, bam, God's strength was manifested. That's good news. I feel right, right there. Like, hello. Thanks for coming, Vic. Yep. You're welcome. Ephesians 2, 6 says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So that, that's, that's, what, that's what happened. He raised us up and seated us with heavenly realms. I mean, it makes me laugh when some people kind of tell me that they don't want to be too spiritual you know, they're afraid of being super spiritual. My answer is too late. Too late. You're already seated in heavenly realms. How much spiritual can you get? Seated in heavenly realms, 
united with Christ Jesus, 1 Corinthians 6.17, which is one of my most favourite verses in the Bible, and I'll drink to that. (laughs) Cheers. Salute. There you go. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Or she who joins themselves to the Lord, right, is one spirit with him. So we're one spirit with God. One spirit with God. So it's not God up there and we're down here. A lot of, a lot of people, a lot of Christians live life like God's a long way away. And they're praying and our prayers are going to go like travel, you know, through the hemispheres, the stratospheres up there. You know, and people are praying, oh, God, I need to know your will. I need to know your will. And they think like it's got to come down, 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 down. No, no, you're one spirit with God. It's not God from a distance. Personally, hate that song. You cannot get more up close and personal than God. The Lord is literally, he is more than in your face. He is inside of you. We are one spirit with God. And this supernatural phenomenon took place not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Not because of what we can do, but because of what Jesus has done for us when he died on the cross. So you've already experienced the power of this truth. Look, to really ram it home. Look, if you need any more convincing, Ephesians 2, 4 to 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses or sins, some versions say, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So when we were dead in our sins, when we were dead, he made us alive. You don't get any weaker than dead. You don't get any more powerless than dead. And when we were dead and powerless and unable to do anything for ourselves, Christ died for us and made us alive. Amen. That's the biggest biggest miracle you can get. The greatest marvel of all, becoming born again, a child of God, translated from death to life, darkness to light, experiencing eternal life starting now, was performed when you were at your weakest and worst. But it doesn't stop there. So now, so I've, I've, as I said, really ran home the point that we have experienced the power of God in our weakness right from the outset, right from the beginning. That's how it all started. Our walk with God, our relationship with Jesus started on that very principle that when you surrender and admit your, your need for God, and I'm sensing that there are some of you here today and you're kind of hitting your, your head against a wall. You're being faced, as it were, with your weakness with with your inability and and you just keep ramming it's like someone I'm just saying you just keep trying trying and God wants you to stop and to simply surrender and admit that he is God and you are not so it doesn't stop at that beginning because our lives now are lived out of this reality Our purpose flows out of this truth. Let's look at the example of the Apostle Paul. And I would say he was powerful. Anyone agree with me? I mean, the Apostle Paul was a powerful powerful man of God. I mean, he would 
go in and change nations. He would go in and pioneer the gospel in a nation that, that had never heard of the gospel. I mean, he wrote most of the epistles of the New Testament. I mean, we're continuing to experience his influence like a couple of thousand years later. That is how powerful the Apostle Paul is. But what did he say about himself? 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 5, he says this, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. So this is interesting. Powerful Paul makes a statement that he's insufficient. He goes, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. The Apostle Paul has a revelation of his insufficiency of his inadequacy, of his weakness. Now, there are a lot of you who have that revelation today. That you, You've got that revelation. And as a result of that revelation, you've disqualified yourself. You've disqualified yourself from making a difference. You've disqualified yourself from fulfilling your destiny, the will of God, seeing your dreams fulfilled. You've, you, have, you, you have focused on your insufficiency as a weakness. But in actual fact, your insufficiency is, ironically, your strength. Yeah. And it's where we all have to start. To be used by God, that's where we all have to start. The Apostle Paul makes that point. I'm insufficient. So if you feel insufficient today, good start. Yeah. Yeah. And join the club of which Apostle Paul is president and I'm secretary. We, we all have to have that before we can then engage with the power of God, with the spirit of God. We have to start with this revelation of our weakness, our inadequacy, our insufficiency. But it doesn't disqualify you, it qualifies you. And we don't stop there. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 to 6, Paul goes on to say, but, but, everyone say, but. But our sufficiency is from God. There are some of you who haven't gotten on the other side of your butt. Yes, pun intended. There are some of you who have not got on the other side of your butt. But our sufficiency is from God. Yes, I am insufficient. I can't do anything of myself. I can't live this life alone. I've, I'm going to stuff up, mess up. Mate, you know, I'm, I'm, I cannot do this, but I have a sufficiency which is from God who's also made us sufficient. Everyone declare I'm sufficient. Turn to your neighbour, tell him I'm sufficient. Turn to the one you ignored the first time and tell him I'm sufficient. But our sufficiency is from God who has also made us sufficient as ministers. This is good news, not just sufficient, but sufficient as a minister. I'm a sufficient minister. In fact, I remind myself of this verse regularly. In my early days of ministry, it was like a constant confession. And my husband, Damien, often will, when I'm feeling a bit insecure, you know, uh, not feeling like I've got the goods, he will remind me of this verse and he will pray it. So you're a sufficient minister. Of the new covenant. You're all sufficient ministers. 
you're all sufficient ministers. Wherever you live your life, in the marketplace, in the education system, you're all sufficient ministers in your business, you're all sufficient ministers at home with your family, you're sufficient ministers with your neighbours, you're sufficient ministers. Oh, don't feel like it, irrelevant. The word of God says that you've got a sufficiency. There's a um, young fellow, oh, you had your arms crossed now, you just uncrossed it. What's your name? Daniel. Daniel, you're a sufficient minister. I see the call of God on your life. God is leading you, even when you don't feel it, you're not aware of it. Yet the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's got you in a very kind of narrow road right now. It's a very, uh, it's a key season. It's like your trajectory is being set by some decisions you're being made in this season. And they say that just a little bit off course, you know, when it comes to sailing, it can only be a couple of degrees or even with an airplane. You know, if you're heading this off direction a few degrees, it can take you in the wrong place. God's got you on this tight tight kind of uh, place, this test of obedience, this test of surrender. And so be encouraged because you've got the goods. And it's the, the, the truth of this verse, sufficiency in the midst of insufficiency. You're going to have power in the very area that you least expect it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. So Paul didn't stop at the revelation of his insufficiency. He used it as a springboard to access the sufficiency of God. And we want, we, and you need to as well. Yeah? We need, I feel this is what God wants to do. Perhaps I'll get the worship team back in, back in position. I feel like today God wants some of us to reposition our faith. Because for some of us, we've got more faith more trust, as it were, in the insufficiency than in the sufficiency. Like we make decisions out of the insufficiency. We make choices out of the insufficiency. Opportunity comes and you feel weak. And so instead of taking, taking a step based on the sufficiency of God, yeah, I can do this, you pull back because of your sense of insufficiency. And I feel God wants to flick a switch. I feel like God wants to today just it's like I can just see some of you lifting your believing off your insufficiency onto God's sufficiency yes that's a reality we know it's true we're all insufficient join the club not one of us is more more worthy better stronger than another when it comes to God we're all an equal playing field there's no class system in the kingdom of God it's not some are better than others and right so We've we've settled that. Everyone, after me, one, two, three, let's say we're insufficient. One, two, three. Yep, okay, we agree, done. But now what we do is that we shift. We've got to get on the other side of the but. The other side of the but, but our sufficiency is from God, who's made us sufficient as ministers. Sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. 